0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome once again to another episode of Mega Strange. We are your hosts, Derek and Johnny. And this week, we're going digital. That's right, baby. It's Black Friday, but right around the corner is Cyber Monday. Yeah. Which means uh, everybody's going to be online searching for laptop deals. You know that's why they call it Cyber Monday. That's when all the the laptops go on sale. But I think this is coming out
1: Scary Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah, Strange Saturday. Strange Saturday. It was such a perfect setup, but Scary Saturday beat us to the punch. Uh, We'll have to sue them for the rights (laughs) to claim Saturday for ourselves. But even though uh, this is on Scary Saturday, we're going to be doing some... Tales of uh, cyber urban legends. Yes, my favorite. You could say digital Digital, fairy tales,
1: digital dark tales, digital ghosts, digital entities.
0: Yeah. um, We're going to be uh, talking about video games,
1: which is something that we both love.
0: Yes. Something that we're both experts on. I myself am uh, actually a luminary in the video game industry.
1: You really are, technically. Technically,
0: I actually am, yeah. Worked with some of the biggest video game developers of all time.
1: You paved the way for people uh, who want to dress like vid game characters. Let's
0: tout my credentials more and more for the kids out there who don't know how I've earned my dues for the past 20 years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, have a, uh, you know, rubbed elbows with uh, some of the big shots out there. You, Miyamoto, the father of Nintendo. I was
1: going to say you We're, r- I'm personal
0: friends with Kojima. <laughs> Uh, Miyamoto, uh, I hung out with Kamiya, bro. Yeah.
1: He's going to come up in my, in my shit today. I dressed up like the Beatles with Gabe Newell. And that's know, crazy.
0: I <laughs> filmed a video with them, hung out with Gabe Newell. Isn't that crazy?
1: Where, was there a moment <laughs> while you were doing that? Was there like a moment where you were like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> no, never. Or, or were you just like, yo, never. we're about to dress like the Beatles with Gabe Newell.
0: Never. Um, the only time that I, uh, that I, uh, sometimes get nervous is, When you're in those high stakes situations, um, and it's a high stakes situation because these people who you're working with often are like at the head of a multi-million or billion dollar company, and they've taken time out of their very busy schedule to give it to you, a young kid, you know, 18, 19, 20, sometimes, you know, older, uh, so that you could do something for YouTube. You know, they don't quite understand it, but they're trusting you with their time. And things inevitably go wrong. On every film set, you know, shit goes wrong. And I'm just always so nervous that I don't want to waste their time or be perceived to be, like, a jackass or yeah. an amateur.
1: So There's so many people who seethe on the internet about you guys uh, and, and, like, how you've been able to, uh, you know, get in contact with all these big names. They're always like, oh. Whenever I watch, they're just eating food on a podcast set. And it's like, how would they get to meet Gabe Newell? <laughs> so that's pretty badass. You'll
0: that. rarely just see me eating food on a podcast sorry. set, by <laughs> the way. That's not really my gimmick. Mm. I'm more of like the filmmaker, yeah, yeah. creative, let's like write and produce something and like get it seen by the world type entertainer. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like, I'm not so much into just like a... Uh, I'm going to eat some food and talk about the food I'm eating. Though I have done that content too. Same. I mean, that's fun content, but it's not like my passion. Yeah. And I don't think that's why we, you know, get all these awesome doors open for us.
1: That's
0: just a perk. Once once you hit that level, you're just afforded the luxury of making content that's just you eating delicious food. Yeah. You can't build a a platform (laughs) on that. That is true. It's like the cherry on top.
1: The internet is kind of fucked up where it's like, I feel like, with any other type of celebrity, uh, you know, you, you, let's say some actor has done, like, huge movies. You, you kind of hit a, hit a point where they're like, yeah, cool. They're doing commercials. That's fun. But with the internet, it's like, they used to make the greatest content, and now they're just eating. Not talking about you guys. I yeah. just feel like I see stuff like that, and it's like, isn't there, can't there be an era where you just kind of be like, they did it. Have fun.
0: Yeah, I think when you're a fan, it's this weird, it's something that I wrestle with. Uh, uh this is so off base from sorry. our topic by the way <laughs> sorry everybody yeah. check the timestamps down below to skip ahead to see Ooh. when the actual episode episode
1: starts. starts at eight i hate when people do that um but
0: I, you know i i create stuff obviously produce this show and all kinds of stuff but i always like to think of it from like the fan perspective mm. i always try to keep that in mind because that's why i got into this stuff that's why i got into entertainment yeah. i loved it so much i liked being entertained I like being entertained. And so I like being a fan and having that fan experience. Um, so as a fan, I feel like, you know, you kind of feel like there's this illusion that, that the things you like are kind of like crystallized in this moment. Um, and it's taken me a long time to realize that entertainment and everything like creation is in this constant state of flux It's not like people used to create good content. It's just like at that moment, they created something that seemed really special.
1: Exactly. And in
0: that moment, it seemed like bigger than it was. It was like very almost defining for that person. It's a weird thing to explain. I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but like, for example, when you're into a new TV show and it suddenly becomes the biggest show on earth.
1: It, to you it, yeah, yeah oh you. oh just to in, in in general yeah
0: like for example game of thrones yeah. you always judge it by kind of like that high that you got um but i feel like you kind of remember it fondly and you feel like oh my gosh it was so great for years and years they were like making this awesome content when the truth of it was there were kind of like four or five great episodes that really spiked into like those were awesome. And then a lot of like mid-tier episodes and a lot of episodes where you were just kind of sustained by that feeling. Yeah. Sometimes you'll go back to a piece of content that you loved years later and you'll be like, "Man, actually wasn't that good, you know? Yeah. And then it makes you question like, why did I think this was so good? And how do I judge the new stuff that they're making when I've gone back to that old stuff that I used to love? And I don't quite love it so much. So entertainment's this weird thing where like everything's constantly changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: whatever hits now. I use Metallica as an example a lot because I feel like they should be allowed to make their shitty albums and people shouldn't give them shit for it because they've made so much good content or good albums. That's just like, can they not just like do this for fun and make the shitty music they want to make at this point? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that if anybody ever makes anything that is special to you, that's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, if they can make a couple of things that are special to you, wow, that's, like, phenomenal. But yeah. But you can't expect them to just always hit and dial into, like, your taste. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, like, the artist is making stuff for themselves. And just the fact that you like it
1: is cool. But,
0: you know, you got to make your own stuff if, you know, you want your taste 100%
1: represented. Exactly. If you don't like the shit that you're watching, go make your own shit. That's, well, that's good uh, advice to give the people at home. If you want your
0: tastes to be one hundred percent catered to, yeah, you should probably start
1: creating exactly. that content. That's
0: what I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say like don't complain, but if your expectations
1: are so high, it's all—it's up to you to fulfill them. Because I feel like what happens—I've been there, you know. Like, oh, I don't like how this is, uh, how this content is. Let me make my own content. You end up making. The worst like content ever. Yeah. You definitely learn from it. But then you also learn, like, oh, maybe this is not as easy as I thought it was.
0: Yeah. But then maybe you'll go back to that piece of content that you were criticizing and you'll understand maybe why the creators made the choices they did. And you'll be like, yeah, when I tried to do this, I ran into the same fucking problems. Yeah. It's hard to make something that's cool. It really is. But you know what's cool? This podcast, and yes. we crank it out every single week without failure. We're cranking. Uh, we're, we are cranking, even though it's holiday season, uh, we're still in the grindhouse churning out these episodes, Hell yeah! and uh, I'm excited for today's episode. Me too. Johnny, you are the captain of today's episode. Oh. This is a subject that you uh, brought to the table.
1: How would you describe
0: what's in store for our audience today?
1: Uh, I kind of thought it would be best to describe it as things in video games that are unintentionally scary or video game urban legends. Okay. Yeah, Uh, I think because I'll be covering video game urban legends. Yeah, Uh, I mine. Definitely like go in and out. I have a problem with video games.
0: I don't find them unintentionally scary. Yeah, a a scary video game will scare me. But if it's not supposed to be scary, I don't really kind of get freaked out. I don't know.
1: I just love how as they certain video games have aged. I think certain elements have become scarier. Uh, we've talked about this before like n64 graphics are so janky now that they kind of look terrifying at times uh you know the, the scene in ocarina of time where you see the, that zombie for the first time is way scarier now because it's like you see this fucking janky polygon guy coming at you and you're like oh what is that
0: <laughs> it's always pretty scary yeah i
1: know it was but like when you think about it i remember the first time i saw it as a kid it was like my memory of it, it's all smoothed out and like, you know, looks real, but then I see it now, it's like this fucking angular man. Uh
0: <laughs> see, this is where I have a disconnect. Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. feel like, yeah, I take it for what it is. Um, now video games can jump scare me and have atmosphere which makes me not want to explore them. Yeah. But I feel like what you're talking about is something else. Uh kind of this more mundane sense of horror. It's definitely Mm. like not a jump scare. It's unintentionally scary, which is just kind of like something that triggers this deep feeling inside of you. That's, you know, something is wrong.
1: I, oh, sorry.
0: Oh, and I was going to say, you know, oftentimes you'll play these video games and that feeling will linger with you. Mm. Even when you're done playing the video game, you'll be laying in bed at night trying to fall asleep. But this creepy part of a video game, will be you know, seeping into your mind and making you feel uncomfortable. And that is the feeling that we're going to be talking about today.
1: Exactly. Uh, I think uh, if you look at like itch.io games uh, in the horror section, every game is is kind of uh in that PlayStation 1 style. And I feel like at that time, you know, since everything was so limited, there's this sense of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Like any other like NPC in a video game around that time doesn't feel human. It feels like part of the background. So you, you you only feel like the only alive thing in these worlds. Like when you go play Tomb Raider, it feels so lonely and scary.
0: Tomb Raider was a scary game when I was a kid because yeah. the tombs uh, were very empty and cavernous and then it did have jump scares because yeah, yeah. there was these fucking wolves in there that would hide around every fucking corner. Laura <laughs> Croft is going in there with these two Fully loaded, 45 Magnum pistols, Dirty hairy style, and it's useless. Because these werewolves are like beasts, dude. They can't be stopped. They, it would, they would scare the shit out of me. I played Tomb Raider in seventh grade for like yeah. 20 minutes. And I was like, fuck this game. And you're can't also handle this. And you're also like moving like this? Yeah, and you're like running in like a void, you know? You're <laughs> like in,
1: with moon gravity, Yeah, the way she moved. I, it, it blew my mind when I tried that for the first time recently, and it was fucking tank controls i was like oh my god yeah. how did people play this shit so let's get into the yes. stories because uh yeah.
0: we've been wasting enough time <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. shooting the shit here do you want me to start or do you want do you want get to get into it Go okay
1: ahead. so the first thing i have here on my list um is about the hit video game mario galaxy okay
0: um i think i've played mario galaxy i never really got never into played mario it.
1: galaxy that's like sean's favorite mario game rocco really loves it too yeah it's in that Mario collection, but uh, I, I've always been a 64 guy and an Odyssey person. Mm. But uh, in that video game, in World Five, there's a level called uh, Shaverburn Galaxy, I think. Sh- oh no, Shiverburn, Shiverburn. That would make like more sense. Like burn. Uh, uh, which is a, cl- like a freezer burn. Which is like a classic lava Mario level. Lava. This is all over the place. I would think freezer burn
0: would be like when you put something into the refrigerator for too long and it gets all frosty. I think the gimmick of the level is that
1: it's like hot and then also becomes ice. Mm, it's like icy hot. Um, hot to relieve and cold to soothe. Uh, I think that's the icy hot logo. Yeah, I, my friend knew someone who licked an icy hot patch and died. What the f- I don't, fuck? I don't know if what? I should say that. Hold on. Pause.
0: Okay.
1: Ooh, time out.
0: You can die from licking an icy hot yeah, patch? Yeah, that's what I said what? too.
1: I, uh, I'm uh, i not going to give any names, but my friend knew someone in high school who... uh. How old were they? I think they were a teenager. Yeah, they licked. And it, it wasn't immediate. Apparently, it just happened over time. How much did they lick? I don't know. Was it like a taste? Or I, was it like a full-on application? I got to ask my friend uh, because I, I was in a different well, state. Well, what details do you have? All I know is that they were like...
0: Was it uh, on the phone me. with a friend coffee? Was it a man or a woman who died? A guy a or a mom? woman. Okay. It was a girl who died. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. So sad. I think. Yeah. And it was like, and they were on the phone with your friend. No, this it was like, this happened at his, uh, at their high school. Okay. And this was kind of like what he heard. Oh, okay. So I don't know if this is hearsay or not. Is it a dare? Yeah. It was like on the phone. Like, Oh, I dare you to look the high, icy hot, hot pack. And then like, yeah, they, the person died. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to give too much information, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this is like public news. You could probably Google it. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. I think about that all the time. I've never used an Icy Hot Patch just because my friend told me that story. Well, I'm sure
0: that actually I'm not sure of anything in this story. Is that a normal reaction? I was going to say, like, that's got to be a rare case of, you know, uh, allergic reaction to Icy Hot. But I don't know. Maybe you're not supposed to lick it. Maybe it's highly toxic. I think
1: it's just chemicals. Ooh. It makes sense. Like, you want, want that well, in your mouth. Back to Mario, Mario <laughs> Galaxy. So in, in Mario Galaxy, in this uh, level uh, Shiver Burn, uh, uh, which is, a, like I said, a classic lava Mario level. Uh huh. But when you start the level and enter, uh, you can enter first person mode. Okay. And when you look behind you, there's two shadowy figures looming in the background. Um, they never move. They just observe Mario. Spooky. Um, I have video and photos of this if you want to check that out.
0: All right, so these are the shadow people that live in uh, Shiverburn, Mario Galaxy.
1: By the way, do not lick your screen at this yeah. moment because uh, it, it could kill you. What? I'm going to turn the fucking sound off. But yeah, you see them? That is creepy. Right? Like wherever you are in the level, who discovered that? Uh, This is a very famous... Like, people just noticed it. They looked up and they saw those little guys. Um, uh, Yeah, that is unintentionally
0: creepy. That's right? very creepy. Just the feeling of being watched by these ominous figures that never come closer. That's And scary. yeah, this is
1: a closer-up photo of them. Kudos um, Nintendo, I'll keep this on it. the screen because um, there's not much known about these. Uh, obviously, people have talked to Nintendo and, and asked about it, and, and no one said anything. And... People were concerned if, uh, in the cur- uh, the recent re release of Galaxy for the Mario collection, if they'd still be there. And if, are they? They are still there. Um, they're so- the evil Nintendo, um, the Nintendo
0: equivalent of lizard people. Yeah. They really secretly rule Nintendo. Uh,
1: there's a couple of things. Some people think that these are, no one knows that this is intentionally in there. Uh, but people kind of have drawn simul- similarities between these and, uh, I think they're called Kodama Tree Spirits, uh, which are famously in the movie Princess Mononoke. Right. Uh, I think I have a
0: photo. Those are like the head twitching things.
1: Yeah. I have a photo of them right here.
0: Those are like the head twitching things in Princess Mononoke.
1: Uh, and then I also have a photo of, of someone ripped the texture from the game. Yeah, there it is. Uh, that's them right there. I look um,
0: like um, Play-Doh.
1: Yeah, right. The I find what's really scary about them is how like they're not like human. They're like vaguely human shaped.
0: They're very unintimidating. Like I feel like I could just step on them.
1: Yeah. For- I, the scary part is definitely them looming over you in in the background. But uh, there's a couple other things here. Uh, <laughs> this was cracking me up. But uh, there's a site called Go Nintendo. Yeah. And a user on that site named Gur Tacos. <laughs>
0: Grr, tacos uh
1: which i think is an invaders in reference uh they hacked the game and they got more info about these mysterious beings and the only thing they found was a file name for the sky box which is quote beyond hell valley sky that was the file name and uh these textures that i showed you before were called uh hell valley sky trees
0: Okay, so they could be tree could be trees spirits, and right? Hell Valley clearly is the name of uh,
1: Shiverburn. Yeah,
0: Shiverburn actually is an allegory for hell.
1: Yeah, and when I, you I, go to
0: Shiverburn in Mario Galaxy, you're really going to hell. Exactly, that's all I'm saying.
1: So uh, that's my first one. I, I that that thing has always interests me. Whenever I see videos about like scary things in video games, I, my brain always goes uh, to these. I think they're super interesting. That's a good one. That's a Hell good yeah. one to
0: kick us off. Thank you. Very spooky with the uh Hell Valley Sky Tree spirits. How about this one for you? Um yes. not so spooky. This is more of an urban legend. Uh and this fits in right with our show. So, you're familiar with the Rockstar game. A lot of people say
1: the best Grand Theft Auto of all time. Uh-huh. What's your opinion? You know, I've never fully played one. I mean, I played 5. Yeah. Uh I got like halfway through. Uh-huh. And I thought it was Decent. I got to the fucking forklift fucking area or whatever, the, the shipping container shit, and I hated it. So is that your favorite? I guess. If I had to pick one, I would say that. I know people love 3. People love 3, but uh, more
0: so, which you may or may not know, people love San Andreas. Which okay. Which came out a year
1: after 3. All I remember about San Andreas is going over a friend's house, and he rented it from Blockbuster, and he had to do like a rap mini game. Yeah. And I was very confused. It takes place in like a Los Angeles type Uh,
0: parallel city, you know, Liberty city is like New York and vice cities like Miami. Well, San Andreas is sort of like Los Angeles. Well, Well,
1: does five take place in San Andreas?
0: It does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, four took place in Liberty city as well as three. So they kind of like bounce back and forth between these three cities. Um. Yeah. Or are they gonna go back to Vice?
1: Are They gonna go back to Liberty City for number six? That's the big question. It'd be fucking sick if we got a one to one New York City. Because I know, like, uh, when I w- explored five, I was like, holy shit, this is like one to one with LA. <laughs> anyway.
0: Well, in the 2004 version of San Andreas, players claim, and this has never been uh confirmed, mm-hmm. but players claim that there is a cryptozoological creature. Within the game. Oh, shit. And it's famous one, Mothman. Oh. Right here, baby. There he is. Some people claim to have seen Mothman in San Andreas, uh, the seven-foot headless creature with enormous wings and red eyes It's said that he is most likely seen when uh, a plane crashes or when in game weather is very stormy. Because, you know, Mothman famously is a harbinger of doom. Yes. And shows up when bad things are supposed to happen. He's supposedly most often seen near Bone County, uh, Bone County in San Andreas. (laughs) Um, and a lot of like alleged screenshots and videos of surfaced, but they've all been made with mods. Um, mm. so no actual confirmed photos of Mothman exist, but some people out there are still hunting for Mothman in the San Andreas game. I have uh, one of these screenshots here. If people want to take a look yes, at it, let's do it. That's creepy. So in typical, uh, crypto zoology fashion, it's a blurry photo and you can't <laughs> even really make out where Mothman is. I think there could going to be two Mothmen in this photo. It's either the one like right by us here this? on the street, or it's the one like on top of the bridge up there. Yeah. Probably that one. This is a mod. This is a fake. This okay. is what it would look like if, yeah, yeah. if you did see Mothman in San Andreas. Um, I don't know. You know, a lot of these urban legends and ghost stories about video games often involve supposed like mystery characters yeah. Hidden characters or characters that were removed from the game that were in there at one point and were later deleted, but there's still remnants of them left in there.
1: Yeah. I, I know there's like a bunch with mortal Kombat and also like Mario 64 has some cut content that people are like weirdly terrified of. What's your next story? Oh, oh, this one is one of my favorites and I, I hope you're down with it. Cause it's fucking weird. Uh, Let's go. In the video game, Sonic CD, like many games from this era, uh, there was like a sound test mode. I don't know if you ever messed around with sound test modes.
0: Oh, yeah. All the time. I was always testing the sound on my Sega CD.
1: It, back in the day, it was the only way to really listen to the music from video games because that is true. Yeah, that
0: is true. In fact, I'm joking, but I would as a kid often like put a CD into my PlayStation. Yeah. And use the PlayStation CD player to like party in my room. So <laughs> like. Now that's what I call music 70s edition. And I put on like disco hits on my PlayStation and just like turn on a lava lamp and dance in my room alone by myself as like a really overweight (laughs) 6th, 7th grader.
1: One of my favorite memories is me and my friend Chris, we uh, were playing Killer Instinct all fucking night. And I stayed over his house and he had a CD that had the soundtrack. And uh, one one of the songs for one of the characters had like this creepy like like breathing and we couldn't fall asleep. We were so scared. (laughs) We're like, the fucking breathing guy? The game is
0: breathing. Anyway, so the (laughs) Sonic
1: games. So Sonic CD, it had a uh, sound test mode for listening to the game music. And if you hit a specific button combo, which was down, down, left, right. And a, uh, you were transported to a splash page. Okay. With extremely eerie music Mm. that had the distorted laughter of Dr. Robotnik and a repeating pattern of Sonic the Hedgehog wagging his finger with a hu- horrific human-looking face uh, and just Japanese text. I have footage of this.
0: Okay, let's see how scary this is. Is this unintentionally scary?
1: Uh, so I think this shows kind of the whole process.
0: Okay, he's wagging the finger. I remember this, yeah.
1: Sonic CD is awesome. Uh, this is the okay. sound test.
0: Down, down, up, up, BA, or whatever. Yeah, uh, down, up,
1: down, B. left, right, and A. And then oh, I think that br- brings you to the sound test. Excuse me. And then you enter this code. Who figures this out? That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then you get transported to this Bing. Japanese text. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> right? What <laughs> I know, right? So I'm gonna pause it here. Um, okay. the text, uh, I, I found the translation of the text, yeah.
0: What does that say?
1: Um, and it says infinite fun. This part here says infinite fun. Okay, that sounds um, like hell, and it says Sega Enterprises. This says Sega Enterprises, and then it's signed by Majin Picture. Uh, which oh, yeah, we're what covering it
0: infinite fun,
1: right? Uh, majin picture is at the bottom here okay and uh apparently that is the artist who uh his name is uh, masato nishimura and he's the artist who worked on the game and provided the sonic voice lines i'm out of here and yes um yes so i love this this is fucking terrifying
0: oh yeah this is legitimately scary like if you discovered this on your own just messing around this yeah would give you nightmares
1: Uh, The funny thing about this, I don't really want to ruin the mystique so fast, but the funny thing about this is in the Japanese release of this, it doesn't have that scary music. Okay. It's like this upbeat, like this is supposed to be a joke. Like the Sonic face is supposed to be funny, but in the American release, it has this fucking horrific music. Um,
0: Somebody in the American translation, uh, you know, uh, localization team is getting a good kick out of this one.
1: For real. Like, uh, (laughs) because... That was a mystery for a long time. People really didn't understand. There are other um, secret images you could unlock in Sonic CD. None as horrific as that. Yeah,
0: that one is legit scary. Okay, congratulations. You've lived up to the name of today's episode. That was actually scary. Creepy. Hey. <laughs> This one is more of a mystery uh, that I have next. The last one, okay, Mothman, whatever. Maybe it's a prank. Maybe people are just saying it. But this one's real. Okay. This one has remained unsolved for several years. This is the legend of something called the Shy Guy Jungle Serial Key. Okay. You may have heard of this. This is an urban legend that springs from the 2012 release of the game Paper Mario Sticker Star. Okay. It's a remake to, uh, or not a remake, but a sequel to Paper Mario. Yeah, a Thousand Year Door, I think? Yeah, something like that. Well, um, according to the urban legend, in World 5-1 Shy Guy Jungle, uh, the players can dig around this giant trash pile and you can find a bunch of like discarded items. Okay. One of them being this mysterious serial key. Oh. XD3R-B8HH9ZR2FL16.
1: Oh. Uh, I have a photo of yeah, this. Let's yeah, yeah. pull it up. I love that this is like a photo of a screen. Yeah, this is an actual photograph yeah.
0: from the screen of the 2012 game, uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star. So people dug around this trash pile and Mm -hmm. found this serial code, um, and they originally thought it was a Club Nintendo code or an eShop code. Okay. But when they entered the code in, they received a message that said, wrong code. What's interesting about this is the typical message you receive is, uh, code has already been entered. Okay. But instead, they got wrong code. Wrong code. As of today, and this is 10 years later. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, they figured it out? No. Nobody Uh has ever been able to figure out the purpose of this code, or even if it has a purpose. Dude. So, Nintendo just floated this code out in a trash pile. Maybe it's just a big joke. Yeah. Maybe it's just a code that was thrown away, but people, like... I don't know. Here's this serial code that Mario dug out in this uh, video game once, and nobody can figure <laughs> out what, what the purpose of it is.
1: That reminds me of, uh, in Mario 64, I don't know if you ever uh, heard about this, but in the uh, basement, when you go to the place where all the uh, booze are, mm-hmm. there's that little fountain with the star on it, and there's a texture on it, and people kind of could make out, it says like, L is real, and then uh, like a number. And people thought it was like Luigi is real. And the number was like the amount of times you had to swim around the moat. I wonder if they were trying to like hone in on that again.
0: Yeah. I wonder, um, the world may never know. It's it's, uh, one of the biggest Mario mysteries out there.
1: The thing I love about video game fans is at some point they'll figure that shit out.
0: I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. They'll rip apart the code and see what it really was.
1: Okay. Do you have another one? Yes. Uh, speaking about Mario 64, uh, my next two are kind of silly, so uh, just to counterbalance the horrific ones I just did. All right. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about my favorite game, Mario 64, and the eel from Mario 64. Uh, as, as you know, we've covered this game in the past. Yeah. Uh, with the wet-dry world, Evil Aura.
0: Yeah, but the eel... Um...
1: The eel takes the cake for me.
0: Yeah, some people debate whether the eel is scary or not.
1: Yeah, but uh, I I wrote in my notes uh, the eel is the king of uh, SM64 creepy shit. (laughs) Super Mario 64 creepy shit, really, the buck stops with the eel. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe it's just because how, like, one, water levels are fucking scary in general. When you have to swim in, like, an older game, that I used to film with so much dread. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, they always suck. Uh, the the one level in Shadow of the Colossus where the, the the Colossus is like an underwater one. I always get to that. I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> like the idea of just swimming in dark water. Um, but uh, let me look at my notes here. The eel from Jolly Roger Bay. Um, like I said, he's the king of creepy shit. But I personally feel like the N64 texture kind of adds a I don't personally think it's scary but I think the uh the texture's kind of add a, a a creepy gloss uh to this uh creature.
0: Um do we have a picture?
1: Yes. And I just feel like over time people have kind of been like, "Oh, this is terrifying." All right, this is the king of Super Mario creepy shit. <laughs> so I think this has one of the best video game soundtracks, but you see him like looming. It's like his beady eyes that really.
0: Oh, he's got like the big teeth. Oh, he pops out. <laughs> he's pretty, he's pretty scary.
1: Right? I, but I He's intimidating why. for a Mario game. Yeah. Intimidating. He looks deadly. And like, yeah, I feel like the, 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 how polygonal he is kind of adds to it. But to me, he's never really been scary. I, I'm a I'm a fan of the eel. Did you, did you know the eel has a name? What's the eel's name? Uh, Unagi, which means eel. Go figure.
0: <laughs> you can order it at your la- uh, your local sushi establishment.
1: Um, there's a- other things that I wrote down just to kind of add to this. Uh, I feel like the name of the level of the, this uh, star really adds to the creepy factor. It's called "Can the eel come out to play?" Like. Can the eel come out to play. Well, he looks like he's gonna eat you. Yeah, so, yeah. Is like, that his idea of playing murdering Mario? Yeah. Are we are we hanging out with this fucking eel? Are we friends with the eel? I don't <laughs> know the connotation of that. Yeah. Can the eel come out to play? Some shit. Oh. Trying
0: to get like more comfortable here, you know.
1: But I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Not to interrupt your, no, eel come out to play, <laughs> but, you. No, know.
0: you're fine. You gotta take a five minute break here.
1: Ah. <sighs>
0: <laughs> Just got to readjust, oh, you know? Got to get the middle of the podcast intermission, you know? Yeah,
1: I'm going to keep this in. Uh,
0: keep this in. Can the
1: eel come out to play? It was scary. Can, can the eel come out to play? There's a level in, in Crash that I love called the eel deal. That always makes me laugh.
0: The eel deal.
1: The eel deal. <laughs> Is that like, let's make a deal, Howie Mandel? I guess so. No way. It must predate that show. Crash Bandicoot 2? Oh, yeah. By like 10 years. Yeah. Easily. Howie Mandel's been having a, like a fucking resurgence. Recently. A
0: renaissance.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what did he post online recently that got the world?
0: Oh, is, all
1: it, is this COVID related? And it was a prolapse.
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, Hey everybody, this is the make it strange podcast. Hello. And, uh, you know what? We appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining us. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, what are you doing? Turn on
1: notifications. Follow
0: us on Instagram at Mega Strange Podcast. Um, We don't have a hive. We have a Twitter.
1: Yeah, MegaStrange666. Follow us
0: on Twitter for now, for the time being. Yeah, don't go on hive. Hive barely
1: works. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty lame. It's pretty fucking So bad. far.
0: Oh, how about we get into the next one? Okay. I have another cryptid. Hell yeah. Another supposed cryptid sighting from another Grand Theft Auto game. Hell yeah. This one is more exciting to me. Check this out from Grand Theft Auto 5. Johnny's favorite Grand Theft Auto. Rumors of a half man, half rat lurking in the Easton service station in the game's subway tunnels. supposedly when approached, the creature will yell its name and attempt to kill the player. Rumors began when an image made the rounds on various internet forums. Most people dismiss this image as either a mod or a Photoshop. You want to see the image? Well, you can look here and see it's like, uh, I think that's Nico.
1: Yeah. That's not
0: Nico Bellic. This is Grand Theft Auto V. that has gotta be like Trevor. That's somebody talking to a woman, but in the background, in the background, you see it's the rat man. I think I've heard of the rat man before. Yeah. That's fucking scary. I like this photo. Yeah, it's a good photo. I like that too. We should frame that one. (laughs) Numerous people have searched through the game's code and they've discovered nothing conclusive, leading most people to think that the rat man is a hoax. But there are several lines of dialogue from the game that make people think that the rat creature might be true. A lot of NPCs seem to indicate that there is a large rat like creature being sighted in the local area. And there is a scene at the Split Sides Comedy Club where a comedian mentions seeing a homeless person run past him at incredible speeds. So the rat man is supposedly incredibly fast. Oh my God. And this could be a reference to something. However, currently, no conclusive proof of the Ratman's existence. So, no Ratman. Like Mothman in San Andreas, some people don't believe in the Ratman. Like a of, moth. Of Grand Theft Auto 5.
1: Like a Mothman to the flame. Are you a Ratman
0: believer? Have you seen the Ratman in Have Grand Theft Auto 5? Have you even looked for the
1: Ratman? Wasn't Ratman the name of the, the guy in Portal that you'd find, like his like carvings? Um, What is that? i thought his name was Ratman. maybe i can't remember uh we
0: should have a portal one yeah, yeah but we
1: don't i don't <laughs> i don't do you have any more yes uh this one is fucking silly okay i, I grabbed this because it's from your favorite game of all time i'm assuming it's your favorite game of all time i don't know if it actually
0: bmx triple x yes you dude. actually yeah a. <laughs>
1: An unintentionally Dude. scary moment from that game? I'll never forget walking into fucking Blockbuster and seeing, like, they had to, like, censor the cover <laughs> and be like, <laughs> and, like, have a warning for parents. Anyway, uh, no, this is from Smash Brothers, uh Melee. Okay. Um, and what is this unintentionally
0: scary moment from Smash Brothers?
1: So, Princess Daisy. She's not playable in Smash Bros., but... She has an unlockable trophy. Okay. Uh, And in the game's trophy viewer mode, some fans realized something ain't right with Daisy. Okay, what'd they do? They looked up her dress and what'd they find? They looked behind her and she has another fucking eyeball. What the fuck? Right? Daisy has a third eyeball hidden behind her hair texture. What the fuck?
0: Yeah. Daisy, Isn't that creepy? Daisy has an eye in the back of her head. Yeah. That's got to be canon. <laughs> That's got to be canon. She's got to be a uh, yokai. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it doesn't even look
1: like her eye. It looks like another, it looks like Mario's eye. This is not the real Daisy. This yeah. is some sort of shapeshifter. shifter. Uh, but yeah, people have meticulously asked Nintendo about this and uh, no explanation has been given. Wow. Daisy's third eye. Nintendo been suspiciously quiet since the third eye (laughs) Yes, it's the third eye drop. Since the third eye opened. Well, I'm third eye blind. Thank you. All right. And that's all I got. Well, let's
0: wrap this up with uh, a real famous video game. Okay. And probably a mystery that everybody has thought for half a second. They've wondered what this mystery was. And then they forgot it ever existed. I'm going to resurrect this for you and solve it today. Okay. Let's go to this picture from the quintessential fighting game, Street
1: Fighter 2. All right, so check this out. Oh, Shen Long, yes. You know this? Yes. I I mean, I'm a big Street Fighter fan. So are you familiar with this? Yes. Uh,
0: This is the, uh, when you lose to Ryu, it says, you must defeat Shen Long to stand a chance. Well... For a long time, people thought Shen Long was a hidden mm. or playable character in Street Fighter 2. Rumors about Shen Long's uh, existence emerged from this winning quote from Ryu. You must defeat Shen Long to stand a chance. And uh, the gaming magazine, Electronic Gaming Monthly, actually published. Which you were in. I was in that because <laughs> I am a, a luminary in this industry. <laughs> I had to wrap it. I had to uh, yeah, come back I to that. I was in several epi- uh, episodes, issues <laughs> of it. Uh, they published an April Fool's joke, which referenced the rumor and actually told people a series of tasks you needed to do to unlock yeah. Shenlong, which was an almost impossible challenge, according to this April Fool's joke. First, the player had to defeat every fight with Ryu without taking a single hit of damage. Perfect oh the game, 100% then you had to make it to m bison i don't even know how you would do this survive 10 rounds against m bison without either fighter taking damage which means you have to dodge m bison for 10 rounds in a row i don't even know it. yeah i don't even know how you get is to that, 10 rounds is that is that how it works in street Fighter Two no. world <laughs> warrior this is why it's an april fool's joke yeah yeah uh After doing that, you would be allowed to fight Shenlong, and if you defeated Shenlong, you would unlock him for the roster. This was published in EGM. Yeah. I can only imagine how many gullible kids spent their spring break wasting their time trying to 100% Street Fighter 2 with a no-hit perfect game. Like, talk about impossible.
1: EGM also did one with uh they said how to unlock Sonic and Melee and I, I definitely spent a summer trying to unlock unlock Sonic These Melee. guys are
0: preying on some of the yeah. they're preying on some of the dumbest people in America, <laughs> young gamers. Yes, so, exactly. uh, shame on them. Shame on them. The truth of the matter is that Shenlong is actually a mistranslation of one of Ryu's attacks. Yeah. The shuriken yeah uh do you know what shuriken actually translates into no supposedly it's uh ch- dragon fist
1: oh uh,
0: it's a, a dragon punch well according to my notes it's dragon Uh-oh. Fist, but dragon punch sure so the quote should actually read you must defeat my dragon punch yeah to stand a t- to stand a chance yes but it's a mistranslation of that so shenlong doesn't actually actually exist but for years and years and over a decade, people were convinced, like, who is Shenlong? I think Street Fighter should introduce Shenlong as yeah. Ryu's, like, long-lost master or something.
1: I think this actually influenced them because uh, there is a release of Street Fighter 2 where after you defeat Bison, Akuma comes in and then is like a surprise. And he looks like Ryu. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was kind of their way of... Because I think this rumor got a lot of legs like i think this was like really popular
0: akuma is Shenlong. exactly could be
1: well that was my last story awesome uh yeah that was a fun one i had a great time
0: yeah i hope everybody out there enjoyed that um let us know what you think and are you gonna go searching for the rat man leave a comment down below
1: (laughs) please uh
0: that's this week's episode we'll be back next saturday with another episode of make strange everybody i'm derek that's johnny
1: hello stay strange good night